Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the senior pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Lift up your hand again and wave and say hallelujah. Amen. I take my scripture from Hebrews chapter 12. I'll read verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down glory at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where we start from tonight. Glory be to God in the highest. And we also, don't you neighbor say, now he's talking about us. See, he's talking about us. Including me. Yes. And we also. Now, if we get into the context like we would like to do. For him to say we also, then there might be some people that he's been talking about. Of course, it's clear. We are coming from Hebrews 11. And if you turn to Hebrews 11, let's just take it from verse 1 quickly. We just took the first three verses. For then we stop. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, the evidence of things not seen. I like verse two. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. So even if we are not going to dig too deep. We also, we have good testimonies. Generations coming, we read about us. In the name of Jesus, for by it the elders obtained good testimonies. By faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God. So that the things which we see were not made of things which are visible. I think that settles it completely. But the things which are seen were of themselves not made from visible things. So why will you limit your life to the things that are seen? Why will you let your future be defined? by the limits of the things that are seen. For 
by faith, Abel. And so we can continue until we go to the, get to the end of it. So, which group of people are these? Those who obtain good reports, you're right. But in contemporary definition, what will you say of them? So, who are these people? Listen, these were accomplishers. The way I put it, I say these were ordinary men and women of great accomplishments. Even through unusual odds, they were men and women that you will say they came, they saw, they conquered. They were men that finished their courses. They were men who came for assignments and in spite of all odds, they finished it. Otherwise, their names will not appear here. And you're right. Ordinary men, ordinary women who encountered great problems like everybody. In fact, greater than the average, some of them greater than the average people. In fact, that's why their names are there. Because they overcame some odds that were not natural. And yet they were ordinary people. Ordinary people. So my first assertion, you have made it. Yes. Yes, in the name of Jesus, you have made it. So I'm using it to define, and we also. So these are the people, or in Hebrews 11, in the Hall of Fame, in the Heroes of Faith, in the, and so, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that was why some of us are saying witnesses. Now, shall we explain that? It says, let us run, or let us lay aside every weight and the sin we so easily ensnares us. What does it mean to say we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses? I don't know how many names, but the Bible said there are many more. You know what? When today in digital world we say cloud, that's infinite. Hello, are you here? Glory be to God in the highest. So definitely there were more than that, but these ones were, I mean, they stood out. Now, what does it mean to say witnesses? Usually when we preach it, and sometimes when we read it, usually when we read it, it's like an arena where everybody is gathered, like in the stadium. No, it's not. What he's saying is that you have a myriad of examples of men who from nowhere overcame terrible circumstances and made it. You have so many of them, that's what he's saying. So let us lay aside every weight and the thing which so easily ensnares us. One translation puts it in a way that I like. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. Just giving like stadium arena. It means we'd better get on with this, strip down, not this. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like cloud. We must let go of every, I like that. We must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Sin will stop you. We know that. And by his grace, we will overcome it. But what when it's not sin? 
What about the wound? What about the wound? Offenses. You are the one offended, and you are the one stagnated. And you are so offended, and you are still carrying on the offense that nothing can reach you. He says, except you lay it aside. Verse 1. We must let go of every wound. You must let go. I will never forget what that man did. Oh, yeah? Ah, what my uncle did for us. That's why you are still struggling. We don't even know your uncle. We know you. Which your uncle? Your uncle that, that you lived with in the village 20, 30 years ago. Why are you allowing that to disturb you now? You have to lay it aside. And then you have to deal with the sin. That's two. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out before us. It has already been marked out. I see it has already been marked out. Go back to my New King James quickly. I want to go to verse 2 now. It's a lot of work for him going between translations. Quick. I'm glad you are here. Honest, I mean it in the name of Jesus. This will affect you. Positively. In the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm sure. Okay. Now, remember, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and weight that easily what? Ensnares us. And let us what? Run with patience the race of the endurance, the race which is set before us. Verse 2. Everybody read together with me. Looking. Come on. Come on. Help me. Help me. Looking unto Jesus, the what? Author and the finisher of our faith. Who for what? The joy. Come on. Help me. Who for what? The joy. Come on. Who for what? The joy. Help me. Who for what? The joy. That was set before him. Did what? Endure the cross. Despising the shame. And has what? Sat down. The Bible will know you sat down if you have not finished. To sit down, that means that you have concluded the matter, you have actually, I mean, you got the crown. So you are now occupying your office. Sit down. You see, he made me to sit down. It is said that, see, when he would teach, like someone on the mountain, the Bible said, and when he has sat down, some people, some transitions don't want to say sit, they say when he has sat down. He's already sat. And we know that in certain universities, when you're going to give some lectures, you must sit down. And in light, so they say, he's sitting ex-cathedra. He's speaking for his base of authority. So what he's saying will be binding. Is somebody hearing me? So he has finished and he has sat down. But where we're going is this. Look at it. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It will look to me immediately that remove the joy, he wouldn't have finished. Come on. Remove the joy, he will not have finished. 
Is somebody with me here? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, let me say it again. But for the joy, a woe for the joy that was set before him, he endured. Glory be to God in the highest. So that means that what he was going through was not funny. It was a mountain to be overcome. And if you remember, if you were in church, when, two Sundays ago last Sunday, or even this Sunday when came at Mark, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Shall we turn to you quickly? Chapter 14 of Mark. Quick. Don't worry, I told you. Mark, chapter 14. Quick, quick, quick. Help me turn to it quickly. I just want to refer to something there. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. Please, give all your attention. You know when Jesus was say, he wasn't here, let him hear. He will be attentive to this matter. It will affect you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we will compare notes this time next year. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God in the highest. Put it there quickly. Then he went a little further. Go to 32. Mark 14, 32. Uh-huh. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. I want to see. When he say he endured, maybe you can just take a glimpse of it, right? Good. Mm-hmm. I took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to. Did I read well? Are you reading what I'm reading? I'm talking of Jesus. See, Jesus began to be what? Are you reading what I'm reading? Jesus began to be troubled and deeply what? Oh, Jesus was distressed. Jesus was troubled. Jesus was distressed. So much so that he now said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Even to death. So if you are distressed today, it's not new. If you are troubled, if you have ever been troubled, if anything is troubling you, it's not new. So when the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, that joy enabled him to overcome the distress and the trouble. Is somebody hearing me? That joy enabled him to overcome the distress and the trouble. Remove that joy, he probably wouldn't have finished. But he finished. Now hear me, you will finish well. I say in the name of Jesus, you will finish well. Can I say it again? In spite of the stress and the distress and the trouble and the sorrow of heart, you will finish well. In the name of Jesus. Why are you so sure? Because he says, and we also. I now say, so how do we do it? He said, we have to just look unto Jesus. Listen to me. He didn't say look to any hero. Though we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he didn't say look unto Abraham. Sometimes we make the mistake. He didn't say look, didn't say, look unto Isaac. He didn't say look unto Jephthah or Samson. No. He said look unto David or Daniel. No. He said look unto Jesus. And yes, we are surrounded. But if you're going to make it, Jesus. You can be inspired by any of them, but who are you looking at? 
And how did Jesus do it? Joy of finishing. When he was still going through the trouble, when he was distressed, when he was sorrowful, when he was troubled in the heart, he remembered, I will finish. He endured. And when I finished, the joy of finishing cannot be quantified. You know what he says? There is no way you can die in this trouble. Amen. You cannot. In the name of Jesus. You will give your testimony. Yeah. <laughs> I say you will give your testimonies. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. No matter how troubled the trouble may be. No matter how troublesome it may be. No matter how distressing it may be. Yeah, say this too shall pass. It will pass. I just took you there to see when the Bible says he endured, he despised the shame. So much so that he thought of death before his death. But he overcame. He now sat down. You will sit down. Yeah. I say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You will sit down. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. So from this I can begin to define joy. Hello? So joy is an assurance that no matter how terrible things are, you will finish. From this picture, joy is not always exciting. But it may be exciting sometimes. But it's not always exciting. Mm. If it will provoke endurance, but it will definitely guarantee that you will finish well. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You will finish well. Oh, glory be to God in the highest. Then the second thing I see here clearly is that it's not based on the circumstance. It is not. Joy is never based on your present circumstance. It's never based on what you see. It's never based on what you are feeling. Am I... So he allows us to not differentiate it from happiness. Happiness is external, it's happenstance. Happiness comes when something happens. But joy, nothing has to happen. It is based on what you know. So joy is based on knowledge. He knew the joy that was set before him. If I was standing there that day, there was no way I could have seen what he was seeing. Because I won't be thinking what he was thinking. Let me say it again. In the name of Jesus, you will finish well. Why are you repeating it? Because I want you to live with a knowing that in Jesus' name, you will finish well. 
it will change everything about you. It will. So we are defining joy. So he probably wouldn't have finished, but for joy. And number two, it's not, it's not dependent on the circumstance, on what is happening, on what you are feeling, on what you are hearing, on what has happened to you, on what you are seeing. It does not depend on it at all. And one thing that's clear again is that it guarantees that you finish. So I now begin to look at this definition by Kay Warren, the wife of Rick Warren. Say joy is the settled assurance. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Is it your son? Is it your health? Is it the fact that you find you're struggling to pay rent? Right now? Is it your ministry? If you have joy, there is a settled assurance that God is in control. Steve K. Warren said, it is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Tell your neighbor, everything will be all right. Is the guarantee of joy. Still defining it, she said, the determined choice to praise God in all situations. So that brings me to the next point. If it's not based on the circumstance, then how do you describe what Jesus did? I wrote here, I said, then it must have been a settled way of thinking or feeling, which is the dictionary meaning of joy. If it's what I see, I don't want it. He was troubled. He was distressed. He was sorrowful of heart. But he must do it because he will finish. So that means he settled it in his mind that this is the way I'm going to think about it. This is how it was, but this is how I'm going to feel about it. In other words, it is a choice. It's a joy of the Lord. So it's a choice. Now I can understand why James, the no-nonsense apostle, James chapter 1, say James, a born servant of the Lord, to all the brethren who are scattered, Christians, <laughs> the next line, count it all joy. If you're going to make it in life, James, and the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, to all the, the brethren who are scattered abroad, greetings. Now, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. It didn't say take time to meditate and keep malice. Now you can appreciate the passion's translation. It said, let go. If you are focusing on Jesus, who did it by joy? What are you doing holding on to it? Let go. You won't let go if you don't count it joy. Because what you see, what is stacking up against you, will not allow you. You can't let go. You want to cut your, you want to give back. 
I'll show you the redness of my eye. What that man did for me, I will never in my life need that man. If God says that's where your destiny lies, you had better humble yourself and go shake hands again. So joy is a choice you make. That's why it's not by sight. It's not by feelings. It's a choice. Again, I like the passion's transition of this joy thing in James. Two to four. James one. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. Anybody like that here? Just say amen, that's all. See it as what? An invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest. You think you are the lowest. You think it's, I mean, forget. He said it's an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Go back to Jesus. See the way he felt. See how difficult it was. Hey! What about the joy today? Tell anybody you will finish well in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Please help me tell them. I said, you will finish well in the name of Jesus. Let's extend it. Say, you may look confused today. Tell them. But there's an assurance that God is in control of every detail of your life. And so in the name of Jesus, you will finish well. See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you. To do what? Endure. Does this sound like what Jesus, what, what we read of Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2? Verse 4. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release what? Perfection. Into every part of your body. Until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking in your life. I'm talking joy. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Will you rather spend your earnings today on any other thing if you can focus it on joy. But God doesn't need your money. He only wants you to focus on Jesus. You know, as I was preparing for this rocky fella, I think as early as 25 he was a millionaire. And in his 30s, I think he was the richest in the U.S. In his 50s or so, the richest or so in the world, and he was like, so what next? Then he fell ill. Guess what he did? 
he went back to God. He said, He said, No, okay. I don't know how he got there, but he made a decision. He said, I'm going to support. In fact, what he has done, he supported researches that will set people free from killer diseases. And they produce vaccine that are helping people all over the world. And then he turned himself to church and became a Sunday school teacher, which he did until he died. The richest man on earth. And he said, said, I never found any greater joy in my life. You know what that tells me? It's joy that will motivate you to finish. Where? It is joy that will sustain you to the end. So at this point, I bring you a story of Norman Cousin. He worked very well. He did a lot of things in his time. So he was traveling to Russia, I think from the US or from, I don't know where he lived. But it was tough for him. He was tired. And that's another thing. We've been told that please set goals, make plans, persist. Watch with unrealistic goals. You know what, what they do? When your goal is so unrealistic, you know what happens? You'll become frustrated, God forbid. It's good to set goals. So you must know when to stop. You say, why did you go there? What are the things that can stop your joy? Frustration sometimes. You can't copy people. Your assignment is unique to you. And all of us need you. That's what you don't know. We need you in your assignment. Do it well! We are waiting for the blessings. We need your blessings to complete our own. So the man cousin star was going to Russia. And when he should stop, he said, he said he was tired. But they had to get there. When they got there, by the time he came back, he came down with one kind of disease. They called it ankylosing spondylitis. He was in his 30s. They treated and treated him and left him to go and die. They told him, sorry, we can't help you anymore. By the time they left him to go and die, the man said, I'm not ready to die. Then you remember the scripture in Proverbs that says, it made it hard to do it good like medicine. I'm talking joy. So what do you do? You want to sit down and weep until you die? Why do you want to die before your time? Say, no. Say, give me he got a machine and got the videos of the funniest comedians of his time. And then he, he, he retired to a, to a hotel room or a guest house. It's the best meal he could eat. And we'll play this video and we'll laugh. He says, when the pain will come, right, they've been giving morphine, morphine, morphine. He was just dosing himself with a lot of vitamin C. And then... He will put on the video. When the pain gets there, he will put on the video and he will. <laughs> Sometimes he will laugh and fall. He will carry him back to bed. So when you start to laugh, say for the next two hours, pain will not appear. So we shall joy! He did that for a while until everything disappeared. He was in his 30s. He died recently at age 75. God gave him extra 40 years because he was laughing. 
They said they had to laughter. I don't know, is it 15 minutes? It's like we're in the gym for how many? I don't know. I read it. Have you observed that when you walk past people and you just. They want to walk past you every day. They find hope on your face. And when hope is when hope is introduced into a hopeless situation, it triggers endurance. You can never find endurance where there's no hope. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. I want to bring what Paul said. So James said that. Paul says something in Philippians chapter 4. He said, be careful for nothing. By prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Make your request known unto God. Then the peace of God. Does he agree with what James was saying? James said, the peace that will flow your life, there will be nothing missing, nothing broken. James agreed with Job that the righteous, you will look into your tent, shall be peaceful. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You will come to your grave at full ripe age, like a shock of corn. Somebody shout, joy! joy! I read, psychology says that joy will bring about a lot of healthy, positive, healthy conditions. They said the, some of the worst of sicknesses that man suffers is psychosomatic. There are some caused by bacteria, some caused by, by, by viruses. But the ones that your body causes, the more dangerous to handle. When your body causes you trouble, it's more difficult to handle. But when joy is introduced, your body shares everything. Is somebody hearing me? Part of the medical benefit is that you will live long. I say you will live long. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you will live long. Amen. I say you will live long. Amen. So Philippians chapter 4. You are finishing well. In the name of Jesus, I say you are finishing well. Oh, glory. And you are not just finishing well. You will help many people finish well. In the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 4. Quickly. Watch this. Wow. You should be grateful where you are. Because you are not going to die there. You are moving on in the name of Jesus. And the interesting thing is that the day you give your life to Jesus, his love was shed abroad in your heart. You say, hey! They say that's the mother of all virtues. They turn to Galatians 5.22. Looking at Jesus, how? Get into his word. I've spoken all this to you so that your so that you may what? My joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So, how do you look unto Jesus? Word. You behold him in his word. Galatians 5.22. Pastor, you're talking too much. This one is not come. Let me lay hand on you. He says, know it. When you know it, you do it. Joy is a knowledge. It comes by teaching the word. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. The first one. Joy that overflows. And when you give your life to Jesus, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. You have it. It's time to use it. Except you are not born again. This is the choice you make. You want to leave sulking and angry, resentful, hating. The choice is yours. Or you choose joy. 
Hallelujah, anyhow. How? Because that's an expression of joy. Laughing, singing, dancing, praising, shouting, jumping is joy. And you will always have a choice to make any day. Ah, my wife, ah, I will show her. No, don't show her. Choose the other one. You'll be surprised. That guy, what he did for me, ah, I can never, before you finish, swallow it now. Forgive. Let go. What did David, Daniel, Joseph, what did they have in common? They forgave. They let go. They counted it as joy. They ruled their times. Even those who planned their destruction bowed. They say, joy! Pastor, what are you doing? God is assuring me that the testimonies coming out of this place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul will say, what do you want me to say? Shipwreck, flogging like the frog Jesus, 39 stripes, three times. Shipwreck, I can't count. Bound, I, 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 what do you want to say? And yet, this Paul, writing this, if we go to Philippians 1, he was talking about his chains. He was in prison, he was on a death row. And in the whole Bible, Philippians is the most joyful book. The commonest word or the theme of Philippians is joy, rejoice. I'm going to study it. Very few books. I think four chapters. Yeah. And yet it was written at post quarter to being beheaded. Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety will kill joy. Worry will kill joy. Fear will kill joy. Resentment and anger will kill joy. The way they have treated me in the organization. So from tomorrow when I'm... You will drive everybody away from you, including those that God is sending to you to help you. If you are busy looking to Jesus, you won't do that. Be anxious for some things. No, Pastor, my case is different. If only you know my wife. Uh, if you know what the, uh, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by what prayer? Supplication with what? That's an expression of joy. Let your request be made known to God. Sit again. Peace. That passes human understanding. We guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. But let me take you back in the context. Before he says this, go to 4 4. Verse 4. Everybody read with me. Analyze it. You are telling me all your troubles. I say rejoice in the Lord. Always. Come back. Let me repeat it. Rejoice. 
That's what he's saying. Stop recounting the problems and stop meditating the problems. I say rejoice. If you're rejoicing, you thank God for the moment. At least I'm still alive. It takes the living to solve a problem. I will solve this one. I will pass through this one in the name of Jesus. Let your gentleness be known to all men. So how can I live without anxiety? By rejoicing. Can't you see? By choosing joy. Then go to verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, I know you are going through, but do you see when you're offended, when you're angry? No, 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 no. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good reports, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, let this be your thoughts. Think joy. See God in every situation. See opportunities for a greater joy in every situation. And see whether nature will not make room for you. Remember, we are looking up unto Jesus. And that was what he did. He finished his course. Can I announce again, without any fear of contradiction, in the name of Jesus, you will finish well. Shall we rise? In spite of the economic situation in Nigeria, in spite of the troubles, in spite of, in spite of, in spite of, you will finish well. Somebody lift up your hands and begin to give him praise. Begin to worship him. Begin to adore him. Hallelujah. It is the greatest asset. It's, it is what makes winners win. It is what makes uh, champions champions. Hallelujah. Everybody so far one set back or the other in their lives. But some don't build monuments around it. Some use them as climbing steps to greater height. You will go higher in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12th Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. PO Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.